BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to the Water Cooler, everybody. Happy Friday. I'm David Brody. It's May 7th, 2021. We begin with the 2020 election. That's right, the 2020 election. We're now six months removed from the election. But even though the liberal media likes to harp on this idea that there was no widespread election fraud in 2020, the issue not only doesn't go away, it's actually in the headlines now more than ever. Incoming from POTUS 45, he's out with this statement today. It reads in part, at 6.31 in the morning on November 4th, a dump of 1,400, I'm sorry, excuse me, 149,772 votes came into the state of Michigan. Biden received 96% of those votes and the state miraculously went to him. Has the Michigan State Senate started their review of the fraudulent presidential election of 2020 yet, or are they about to start? If not, they should be run out of office. Trump, by the way, also went on to cite election shenanigans in Wisconsin, and he continues to litigate the 2020 election through press release rather than Twitter. And this week, former Trump lawyer Jenna Ellis and other top conservatives launched the Election Integrity Alliance that will unite groups and efforts across America to fight back against election fraud and give crucial resources to legislators who are looking at shoring up election integrity uh, laws at the state level. And how about what's going on in Arizona, by the way? The audit of two million ballots in Maricopa County continues amid controversy now as the Department of Justice has weighed in on saying what is happening in Arizona could be a violation of federal voting and civil rights law. So let me get this straight. This is when the DOJ decides to care about election integrity? Something smells fishy. We're going to have more in a moment. Also making news today, the economy. It ain't pretty. Today, we got the worst jobs report in 23 years. Forecasters were expecting 1 million jobs. Instead, the number came in at a very low 266,000. So what's happening here? Are the stimulus checks and the supplemental unemployment moves of the Biden administration actually to blame? We'll unpack it. And later today, she's back. Carol Baskin of the Tiger King fame will be here to discuss her latest venture into cryptocurrency. Maybe we should call it crypto. Thank you so much. Get ready for the cat-themed scat coin, she will explain. But first, we head to Arizona, where the audit of 2 million ballots from Maricopa County, now at the center of some controversy, uh, thanks to the DOJ, by the way. Joining me now, Arizona State Legislator uh, Jake Hoffman, who has been at the forefront of changes to election integrity laws in the state. Jake, thanks for being here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Well, give me your reaction to the to the DOJ getting, in essence, involved in this Arizona audit. I mean, they're essentially saying that what happened out there in the big arena is not secure. It could be in violation of federal law. Yeah, I mean, look, this is nothing more than the politicization of the Department of Justice, as we saw under Clinton in the 90s, Barack Obama in the mid 2000s, uh, and now Joe Biden, right? Obama 2.0, unfortunately. And there, the, the Civil Rights Division and the Elections Office within the Civil Rights Division is simply politicizing this at the behest of Democrats to try and create misinformation and disinformation around what's going on in the Coliseum. 
Yeah. So, Jake, let me ask you, because Governor Ducey didn't come out today at all with any comment about it. He was asked, and he basically said no comment, let the process play out. I wonder if that's a smart move, or, I mean, he's a Republican governor not really taking too much of a stand here. What's your take on, on what he's doing with the audit? Well, you know, the governor has always had a very hands-off approach when it comes to the election integrity narrative, uh, you know, in general, right? If you recall back post-November, uh, you know, post the November election, uh, Republicans in, in, the, in the legislature and incoming Republicans tried to get him to weigh in uh, on on the conversation, and he chose not to at the time. And so the reality is, you know, I think this is quite honestly par for the course, and maybe the best we can expect is simply no comment at all. Uh, it's better than him undermining us, as we saw Brian Kemp do in Georgia post the November election. So yeah. So regarding the Arizona audit, you're saying that that, that you're understanding that it's it's secure, it's fine. There, there's there's just no issues here at all. That's correct. So look, we've got security uh, on site. We've got chain of custody with the ballots, chain of custody with the machines. Uh, volunteers are being credentials and credentialed and checked. Um, you know, this is being this is a top top notch uh, audit that's being conducted. I mean, this isn't some fly by night operation. This is a multi million dollar audit run by the Arizona legislature. And let me remind everybody: the Constitution gives the legislature the authority for the management and administration of elections. So it makes perfect sense that we would take that authority to find out what happened in the last election, so that we can legislate correctly moving forward. What is your sense going forward, as you just mentioned, not just Arizona, but we see what's happening down in Texas and Georgia and Florida with Ron DeSantis this, this week. Uh, it, it does seem indeed that uh, there is not going to be, or at least there's, there's, a, there's an attempt by folks like yourself and others to make sure that 2020 is not replayed again in 2022. Do you believe uh, progress is truly being made uh, nationally? So I think it is. Uh, it needs to be amplified and needs to be done at a greater pace and, and with more uh, vigor. I mean, look, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, uh, Georgia has already done something, but those other states need to take this very, very seriously. And they need to, one, audit what happened in their states, uh, follow Arizona's lead, but then two, pass critical reforms, ban the Zuckerberg money and the, the billions, nearly a billion coming in from the left to help administer the election. They need to secure their early voter list and their mailing lists, uh, things like that, so that we don't have a repeat of this in 2022 and 2024. Yeah, Jake, I wanna to switch topics to critical race theory. There's an Arizona bill uh, with an AP headline out today, uh, basically uh, saying that uh, the uh, there's an Arizona bill banning biased topics in school and it advances uh, through, hasn't been signed or anything yet. I wanna play a little bit of what you said regarding critical race theory. Uh, and this idea that it's just uh, it's ridiculous that this is even being taught in schools. H have a listen to yourself. As I mentioned, from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Act, we have a long history in this country of stomping out racism wherever it exists. This nation is accepting and diverse and loving. And sadly, the trend of teaching this hateful, racist, and bigoted revision of the story of America has reached a fever pitch amongst the activist community on the left that seek to denigrate and demean nearly every American citizen, and it must be addressed. America is not racist, and no taxpayer-funded employees should be propagandized or indoctrinated to say otherwise. Jake, it's pretty sad that you had to actually take the, the floor there and actually communicate that. I mean, hello, th this should be a no-brainer for, for Americans. 
Well, it really should. I mean, if you go back to the words, you know, Martin Luther King changed the world when he proclaimed that, you know, he had a dream for his kids that they would one day grow up in a nation where they weren't judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Yet radicals on the left, like Ibram X. Kendi, one of uh, critical race theory's top proponents, now say that the answer to past discrimination, actually they say the only answer to past discrimination is current discrimination. And the only answer to current discrimination is future discrimination. Proponents of CRT are literally calling for racism both now and in the future. And it's absolutely abhorrent. It's something that America has always stood up against. And I cannot believe that we are even having to have this conversation. You know, Jake, I'm looking at some of the critics of, uh, of Republicans here on the critical race theory. In other words, they support critical race theory. And they're saying, uh, this is, I guess, Chris Cotterman with the Arizona School Board Association. He says that uh, this biased teaching is not happening in Arizona schools, so there's no need for a bill. What's the response to, to that? Well, look, first off, we don't just legislate what's happening based off what's happening in Arizona. We legislate based off of trends that we're seeing nationally. And we do see this hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of examples all across the country. But look, in Arizona, Gilbert Public Schools, uh, uh, Mesa Public Schools, Chandler Public Schools, Peoria Public Schools, some of our largest school systems, we know that it's being taught there. Uh, and so this is something that uh, we have to address. And also, I would add, since you brought up the Arizona School Boards Association, the Arizona School Boards Association is teaching it to board members right now. They're training board members in this radical ideology. It can't, can't be allowed to continue at taxpayer expense. Yeah, for sure. Let me ask you, this is obviously a, a culture issue, a moral issue, the whole critical race theory and coming against it. And, and it does seem like, in essence, this is a, an attempt to not just redefine uh, America, but there is a culture, there's like a culture war brewing underneath, kind of a, a way for liberals to kind of erase a Judeo-Christian history of our nation in totality. Well, it's true. And look, you know what they say? They say politics flows downstream from culture. And so one of the reasons why they're pushing this so hard in our schools is because they have to make sure that the next generation doesn't understand the real story of America, that the next generation doesn't understand how hard we fought consistently against racism and how Republicans have led that fight from the very beginning. They have to make sure of that so that in the future, uh, that it's easier to control the population. As we wrap up, do you think politically this will cost Democrats in 2022 in Arizona and elsewhere to be pushing critical race theory? And Joe Biden has played the race card at every single turn since he's become the so-called unity president, or I call him the non-unity president. Well, look, we've got to get this bill. Actually, it's two bills, to be honest. Mm -hmm. We have to get these bills across the finish line, out of the Senate, up to the governor, where I expect he will sign them. This is common sense legislation. But certainly, look, Democrats have, have played identity politics and, and intersectionality for decades to try and divide this country and pit neighbor against neighbor. And so absolutely, they're going to amplify and ramp this up as we go into 2022. And it's on Republicans to stand up against it and have the courage to speak out. Arizona State Legislator uh, Jake Hoffman uh, with us today. Jake, thanks so much for your time. Great stuff. Absolutely. Thanks for All having right. me. All right. And by the way, we didn't even get to his election integrity bill, but the bottom line there is that he, he's definitely leading the fight because that bill got passed uh, recently to tighten and strengthen election integrity laws. By the way, I didn't say uh, it's a voter suppression law. If you want that, uh, head on over to MSNBC uh, and NPR and CNN and ABC and NBC and CBS. I'm sorry, I, the Washington Post, New York Times, I can go on and on. All right. When we come back, uh, economic news, big economic news today and not good 
for America and politically not good for the Biden administration. Uh, the numbers, the job report is out. It was supposed to be about 1 million jobs added. Won't, won't, won't. 266,000. Not good. Talking to Dr. Dave Bratt when we come back. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome back to the water cooler, everybody. Uh, big economic news today. Unfortunately, it's not of the uh, good kind. Uh, here is the Just the News headline from today. U.S. economy in April added 266,000 jobs. It might sound good. Oh, wait, oh, look, below expectations in pandemic recovery. I, you know what? Can I change that headline? Is Joe Weber, did Joe Weber write that headline? How about way, 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 way below? expectations. If we had a sound effect at the water cooler, and trust me, we got a lot of things here at the water cooler, uh, and we might even have a sound effect, though it's a tough economy, I would do this, wah, 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 because I got to tell you, this is just, I don't know, it's not good. And Dr. Dave Brad is with us to dissect it all, uh, the dean of the School of Business at Liberty University. Dave, good to see you, and go Flames. Thank you, David. There you go. Amen. I'm in. As long as it's not uh, a woman, uh, that's a good thing. <laughs> Goodness, don't even get me started. That's a whole nother segment, Dave. That's uh, another one. Oh, my gosh. All right. The economic news. Why don't you give us the 30,000 uh, foot view here? What's what's the what's what's the take from pilot Dave Bratt? Yeah, well, the uh, the overall economy, I mean, the, the best metaphor, I think, is just, you know, our our big six tech firms. Uh, just six firms in the U.S., big six, are bigger than all the European firms combined, not tech, all their firms, right? So when you talk about the economy, how's the economy doing? Uh, and then the second question, how's the economy doing for you? So it is the case that about every chart is going up through the roof right now with all the stimulus, right? So I don't want to you know, say the sky is falling. Uh, but this employment report is just one data point that does make you scratch your head and then it'll also make you ask the question about what, what's happening in, in flyover country, right? The, the very wealthy on both coasts are getting more wealthy. Uh, the wealthy came out of the 08 financial crisis fine. The middle class and the poor did not. Uh, I looked at the data this morning, the gaps now, the wage gaps uh, between uh, the races and the different income classes are increasing again. Under, under the Trump economy, we had some good progress there with high, high school uh, wage rates going up for the first time in 30 or 40 years. Uh, yeah. And so that was good news uh, for the lower end of the uh, bound. But th this uh, unemployment stat, uh, it, it, it's going to make us take a, a, a deeper, harder look at how we're using these statistics, not just to measure the overall economy for the very wealthy, which is, you know produces huge numbers and upward trend lines, uh, but right. what's happening to the, the bottom 80%. So, so how do the prognosticators miss it by this much? I mean, look, I'm not an economist. Uh, I'm just an anchor with a lot of makeup. And I don't even understand how they go from they thought it was going to be about one million jobs and it's 266,000. Yeah. I mean, I don't understand how that works. How do you miss it by that much? That's head scratching, Dave. 
Yeah, the uh, I read the reports a little bit. Uh, th th there's a lot of people leaving jobs uh, right now, so they, they didn't miss much on the hiring front uh, from the from the forecast, but 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 they did on people leaving the jobs, and that that's really problematic uh, because uh, as Maimonides, uh, our uh, Jewish brother, great thinker, said, he had the, a a uh, hierarchy of the virtues, and the top virtue of all was getting someone a job. Right. And so mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. if you get someone a job, it takes care of all the rest of it. It takes care of the transportation, the housing, the health care, the kids, the family, everything. And so when you got people voluntarily leaving jobs uh, in order to maybe to get a check that's upcoming. Uh, right. they, I, I don't know why, but that right. The, the disincentives to work now are really bad uh, well, for the poor. You know, that's yeah. interesting you mentioned the disincentives. I want to play something from Marjorie Taylor Greene. She was on the show a couple of days ago. She says there's a labor crisis around the country, especially in, in Georgia where she's at. She talked about uh, stimulus checks and unemployment. Uh, you know, everybody's getting the free handouts from the government. Socialism run amok. Here's what she said, Dave, real, real quick. Yeah, David, this is absolutely the issue that should be reigning the news cycle instead of gossip and, and stupid stories about the royals, which none of us care about. This is a this is an assault on America and small businesses. The fact that we have been paying people to stay home for over a year now with these ridiculous stimulus checks and these hard-lined uh, uh, government-imposed um, shutdowns has hurt businesses so badly. And it's across the board. It's not just small businesses. It's big businesses. It's schools. It, it's it's everyone. They can't hire anyone. No one wants to show up for a job interview, and no one wants to take a job. And so, what I've been so, what's your take on on what she said there, Dave? You know that that lines up with the data, and you know she's a she's a, a very good businesswoman, and so she's speaking from the gut. You can hear it. Uh, she's not talking in theory. She runs a business, has friends. That's who she ran. Uh, and who, who put her in office. And so uh, I, I agree that the, the government is in the way, uh, even if it's uh, intended good, good effects, the, the unintended effects are never good when the government gets in the way of the market. And that, that's the biggest takeaway, right? The, in microeconomics is, is often called price theory. And prices can, can convey infinite information. It's, it's not just a buck 99, it's the buck 99 in relation to all other goods, in relation to your income, in relation to this, that, and the other thing. And it, to, for any human being to think they can outthink the genius of the free market system, that's what uh, we're not educating the kids about right now. And without that education, uh, the government always sounds uh, like uh, it's Christmas time, right? Here's free stuff for you. That wins. Yeah. Unless we do a better job of economic education. Uh, less than a minute left, but the Biden administration is going to tout the American Jobs Plan and say, hey, that's why you got to pass the American yeah. Jobs Plan. We got all these blue collar jobs uh, that we can line up for you if you just pass our two point whatever trillion dollar bill. What's your take on that? Uh, my take is uh, Biden should quit funding the China Jobs Plan and uh, <laughs> go back to what made us great, which is the Judeo Christian tradition rule of law, private property rights, and a free market economy. And you, you won't have any job problem at all. Yeah. China job plan. You want to expand on that? I got 30 seconds. Yeah. He and Hunter, uh, it's well known. He met with Xi Jinping 26 hours. Mm -hmm. uh, what did they discuss? Uh, they're, they're uniting. Uh, it, it's just obvious, right, that uh, the, our, our work with China, when they cheat, hurts our 
low-income manufacturing workers. Yeah. And industrial production is one area where we're a little weak if you look at the data. Mm -hmm. Dave Bratt, great to have you on the show. You make me sound Thanks, and look smarter, and that's what I appreciate. Thank you. <laughs> You're great. You're great, brother. Thank you. Thank you. All right. I can confirm I'm wearing more makeup uh, than Dave Pratt uh, today. When we come back, uh, more election integrity laws. I don't say voter suppression on the show unless I'm saying MSNBC said voter suppression. Other than that, you'll never hear me say voter suppression on the show. Noah Weinrich coming up, the press secretary for Heritage Action. We're going to talk about Ron DeSantis's bill down in Florida. We're going to talk about what's going on in Texas. Really now all over the country. It's a big storyline. We've got it covered right here on the water cooler. We'll see you in a moment. I'm applying more makeup. Back in a moment. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome back to the water cooler, everybody. We've been talking a lot about election integrity throughout this entire show, uh, and we're going to do more of that right now. Uh, a quick programming note before we get to that, uh, a reminder. Seven o'clock tonight uh, during Dr. Gina primetime, RAV is uh, going to bring you the America First rally. Uh, Congressman Matt Gates, Marjorie Taylor Greene will be there. That's down in Florida, Florida. I don't know how to say it. Anyhow, I know if I were in Florida, this is what I would be doing. I would be eating at Denny's, playing a game of bingo, and then possibly attending that rally. All right. Uh, don't miss our special coverage of that rally tonight at 7 o'clock Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, by the way. Uh, let's have some more election integrity discussion with Noah Weinrich, a press secretary of Heritage Action. Uh, Noah, great to have you back on the show, sir. Of course. Thank you for having me. Uh, boy, there's so much action in so many different states. So let's start in Florida. Uh, Ron DeSantis, uh, boy, he's just like the golden child, apparently. Uh, the Florida GOP governor, DeSantis, signing into law a measure to further secure the state's voting system. We can go through this a little bit. Why don't you take us through what's happening in Florida? This is a big deal. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Florida just yesterday, Governor DeSantis signed into law a, a comprehensive election integrity bill. And so this would do things like secure drop boxes, um, add safeguards against ballot harvesting, um, you know, all sorts of things. Make sure uh, voter ID is included for absentee ballots. You know, Florida uh, has come a long way since 2000, as Governor DeSantis points out. Um, you know, they've been leading the way. They've been updating their uh, election laws every few years, and this is no different. Um, one important provision of this is that DeSantis's bill would ban Zuckerbucks. You've probably heard about this. Uh, mm -hmm. Last year, a Mark Zuckerberg-affiliated foundation gave out $400 million to states across the country, directly to states and counties and election officials uh, to fund election operations. And of course, that was given out in a very biased manner, even though this was from a, a tax-exempt nonprofit. Uh, it was clearly designed to juice returns for the left, uh, increase turnout in left-leaning areas. Uh, it was not distributed evenly. And so this is a loophole that states are banning. Florida just banned it. Georgia banned it. Arizona banned it. Uh, it's up next. Uh, hopefully, it's going to happen in Texas and other states around the country. Yeah, well, let's talk about Texas. Uh, th that's been a bit controversial, especially the Senate version of a new bill. I know the House worked overnight uh, and into this morning to pass the House version. I don't want to call it a watered-down version. It's pretty good, but not as strong as the, the Senate version. So the Texas GOP's voting integrity bill passes a key 
House vote. What can you tell us about the Texas bill? Because Microsoft and American Airlines, and here we go with the woke companies, uh, they're, they're all coming out saying, you know, how dare you? It's voter suppression. Yeah, that's right. You know, Dell and American Airlines, weeks ago, before they saw uh, any final bill, and of course, the bill still isn't final, they came out, uh, joined the woke corporations uh, and saying, this is oh, voter suppression, Jim Crow. And of course, that's BS. You and I know it. Your listeners know it. Uh, University of Texas, the University of Texas poll, this is not a conservative or even moderate place, found that 60% of Texans were somewhat or very concerned with voter fraud coming from absentee ballot from absentee ballots. This was across, you know, Democrats, Republicans, Hispanics, uh, you know, everyone uh, is concerned about securing mail-in ballots. Of course, the Texas law doesn't ban mail-in ballots. It simply makes them more secure. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, there's still some, some things we need to add. It currently doesn't have a Zuckerbucks provision. Uh, we're fighting, Heritage Action volunteers are on the ground fighting to get voter ID for mail-in ballots. Uh, so we're continuing that fight. Uh, the one in Florida was, a very strong bill. DeSantis did a great job, and we're hoping that Texas really follows suit. No, I like how you're invoking the uh, initials BS uh, here. Uh, going strong, I believe you met BF, uh, bull feathers, uh, just, just for our family audience at home. Don't look it up if you're under 18. Hey, uh, let, let me ask you, uh, I, I want to actually play you Ken Paxton, the attorney general on this program earlier this week, talking about that Texas voting bill and some of the uh, that, that Microsoft American airline pushback. Here's what he had to say. And it is interesting that particularly airlines who require photo ID to get on their airplanes, they're they're being critical of our our laws that require photo ID. So, you know, they're all about integrity of who's riding their airplane because they want to create safety why they would criticize the state of Texas for wanting that same type of safety as it relates to who's voting is, is really an interesting question that only they can answer. You know, Noah, what's interesting here is that, you know, we've heard from Microsoft and American Airlines in Texas, and of course we know Georgia came at Coca-Cola and Delta and all that. But I just wonder if election integrity laws start getting passed in so many different states, you know, Texas and Georgia. Georgia's not the lone wolf here, right? I mean, Georgia's not the, the only one. I mean, now Arizona, uh, and we'll see what other states do. You just wonder if it's just being an avalanche against uh, the woke culture and that they'll have to stand down because all these states are doing it. What are you going to do? You're going to boycott every single state in the country, so to speak, or a conservative state in the country? Yeah, exactly. I think people are, are learning that, you know, uh, you can face down these corporations and they're going to back down. Yeah, you know, they tried their, their hardest in Georgia to kill, uh, kill the bill, make Kemp look bad and walk it back. Um, but, you know, Georgia came out OK. Uh, so they're I think they're learning not not to do the same. And then if they continue to do the same, like uh, legislators should just say we've had enough. You know, if you don't like Texas and the laws that their elected legislators pass, you can leave, go back to California, pay 60 percent in taxes. You know, Texas doesn't need them. They need Texas. Hmm. 2,000 people are moving to Texas every day. Thousands of people are moving to Florida every day. Um, you, you know, these companies yeah. cannot survive without these states. Yeah, and by the way, the people that are moving there, hey, here, here's some double standard and, and ridiculousness for you. A lot of liberals from California and other places are moving to conservative states. Huh, I wonder why. Sorry, I went off on a soapbox. Hey, 30 seconds. What's Heritage Action doing as it relates to all of this around the country, uh, especially this, this idea that, you know, the media loves to call them voter suppression laws? Yeah, exactly. Uh, our volunteers are on the ground. You know, they're in Texas, uh, several Heritage Action Sentinels, 
testified before Texas committees in support of these laws. Uh, we were on the ground in Florida supporting DeSantis's effort, um, having our grassroots turnout across the country. Uh, if you want to get involved, just go to saveourelections.com to learn more. All right. Noah Weinwerk, really appreciate you coming back on the show. Thanks for being here. Have a great weekend. All right. Um, we're going to confirm that Noah will have a great weekend. He'll be back on the show Monday, I'm assuming, to tell us how his weekend. What? No, that's not true. We don't, we don't ask about people's weekend plans. That's a little bit too much TMI here on uh, the water cooler. Uh, so, look, two big uh, storylines that we're going to be following here on the water cooler. Election integrity. Hello. We're going to do it. I know MSNBC, you know, Don Lemon, all these people, they're not doing election integrity. They're doing voter suppression. Republicans, conservatives are evil. That's what you're going to hear there. We're not going to do that here. We're actually going to give you the facts. And also the other big storyline, big tech censorship. You'll hear that all the time here on The Water Cooler. We are back in a moment with a whole lot more show. I can't wait. Is Carol Baskin this? Yes, she is. Welcome back to The Water Cooler, everybody. So look, you probably heard of uh, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency uh, well, here's a different twist on cryptocurrency. Carol Baskin, uh, who most of America knows from Tiger King fame, has announced the launch of a new digital fan token. It's called CatCoin. It's for supporters of Big Cat Rescue. And for more on all of this, well, we said, who better to talk to than, oh, that's right, Carol Baskin herself. And Carol, welcome back to the water cooler. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. Hey, listen, it's been it's great to have you back on the show. Tell us a little bit about what this is this is all about for for folks that want to know more. I am so excited about the new cat coin. It's not a currency. We call it a currency and it is exchanged between people who love big cat rescues. So it's kind of like a membership coin. And we're hoping to tie it into a much bigger metaverse of things, all things big cat. So look for more to come with NFTs and ways to get into secret events and have ask me anything uh, sessions and just uh, all kinds of things that they'll be able to do with these coins. All right. So just so you know, I'm totally not an expert on any of this cryptocurrency. And I know it's not this is not Bitcoin. This is not any of that. No. So so explain to folks exactly uh, this. This doesn't have any sort of like currency value. This is this is really for fans of, of the uh, of, of what you're doing there. Is that right? This is for fans of Big Cat Rescue. And a big part of why we're doing this is to try and reach people that are in the technology industry who are trading in these altcoins so that they can find out about how to save big cats in the wild and to bring our own fans over there and expose them to cryptocurrencies, which I think are the future. I'm so excited about cryptocurrencies and NFTs and all of that good stuff. Yeah, for sure. And speaking of good stuff, there's something coming soon. What is this non-fungible token? What is, what is that all about? Is that, I don't know the difference between that and cat coins and, and all that. What, what does that mean? That's coming soon too, right? We have a new NFT, non-fungible token series that's coming out on May the 26th on a new program or platform that I can't tell you the name of yet, but you'll hear all about it when it's time. And it will be like digital artwork of the cats and collectible cards of the cats. And what we're thinking to do is people who buy these NFTs at the right price points, we will then gift them some of our cat coin. So it's going to be this whole universe of things that are being exchanged back and forth. And as far as like what an NFT is, if you can imagine going into a museum and seeing beautiful art on the wall, there are places like Decentraland or Somnium. These are like 
uh, virtual realities where you put on a headset and you go there and you can talk to other people and you can buy land and you can build your museum there and you can hang your beautiful NFTs on the wall for other people to enjoy. So it's a way of sharing art and sharing what's important to you. How much do these cat coins, how much do they cost? Is it one uh, denomination or in other words, one figure or you can buy different, different um, monetary values on it? The actual cat coin is over at rally.io and it fluctuates based on the other cryptocurrencies. But right now it's about $11 per coin. And I would recommend people if they want to buy one, only need one to access the things that we're doing. It's not like you would go in and buy a hundred of them or something, right. unless you want to give them to other people. And that's one of the things I'm happy about is our community is such a giving community. And so some of our people are richer than others. And if there's a special event, maybe one of the people can't afford to go, then they can gift their coin over to that other person. And there's no what they call gas fees like you would have with Ethereum. So it's a very easy way to transfer accessibility back and forth. Well, what's your view overall on the cryptocurrency situation? Because I know a lot of people are, well, this is more about Bitcoins and cryptocurrency, but I know a lot of people are concerned about the volume of dollars, right, that are being printed. I mean, this idea that inflation could be just right around the corner. How, how concerned are you economically about, about what's happening in the country? I am really worried about how much we are printing currency. And I've been worried since the third grade. <laughs> you know, when we went off the gold standard, I about lost my mind, I think, and I haven't recovered it. And so I'm thinking that cryptocurrencies are probably going to be the only thing that has real scarcity and real value in the future. But I'm not a, um, you know, I'm, I'm not anybody you should be taking your investment advice from. <laughs> Right. But at the same time, you do represent a growing number of people that are not only investing in a lot of the cryptocurrency, but that, that, that believe that, that that could be the wave of, of the future. And though I think there's, I guess, two schools of thought on that. I really like it because of the fact that it's decentralized. Nobody can control the volume or the scarcity or manipulate the market. And I think that that money is really important and that the people who hold it should be in charge of it and not the government, not outside forces that we can't control. So what motivated you to come up with this Would you, in, in the beginning? How, how did this kind of idea come to be? I was building NFTs um, just recently and thought, wow, it'd be so nice to have a coin. And everybody said, oh, it's, it's impossible to get onto these platforms. And I thought, well, you know, what the heck, I'll contact them and ask. And mm -hmm. so I reached out to the people over at rally.io and I said, hey, I'm Carol Baskin. And they were like, that Carol Baskin? And I said, yeah, that one. <laughs> so they worked with me to get a coin out there. The last time you were on this show, uh, you were talking about uh, how you really did take a, a big financial hit. Uh, since COVID, uh, and then of course, since Tiger King, it all kind of happened at the same time. What's the latest down in Tampa? H how are you guys doing? What's kind of the, the status update, if you will? We're still closed to the public, which means we're still losing that million dollars a year in revenue that we used to have from tours. We have started doing private tours for some of our larger donors, just, you know, like two people at a time. But, um, you know, it's really, the cats can contract COVID and die from it and there's no vaccine for them. So even though all of our people are vaccinated, we don't want to have we don't want to be bringing people onto the property that could give the cats covid. So we're struggling financially. We just had our biggest um, fundraising event of the year so far and we had set a, a very yeah. very aggressive goal of 120,000 and I think we actually might have 
have reached it, we'll know tonight about midnight. I've got about 30 seconds left. Uh, you've done, uh, obviously, got a fundraise. You got to get some money uh, because you've been closed for a while. You went on Dancing with the Stars. Any tips? How, any Dancing with the Stars tips? What's, uh, how, do, how do you keep afloat on the dance floor? What's, your, what's the secret, Carol? Clearly, I did not learn the secret in time because I was scratched from the lineup by the third show. <laughs> <laughs> so you had a you good time, though. You to dance. <laughs> but you had a good time doing it, I'm assuming. I did. They were great. Okay, good. Carol Baskin, really appreciate you coming back on the show. Good luck with the cat coin. Thank you, David. All right. Uh, Carol Baskin, uh, complete with the currency and the background. I mean, literally, that's called branding and theme. I like it. I approve. All right. Uh, when we come up, we're going to talk about birthing people. You say who? Birthing people? Uh, mothers. But now apparently mothers are called birthing people. Boy, Gavolt. Welcome back to the water cooler, everybody. Time for the last sip. I've got two words for you, and they're pretty disturbing words. Ready for this? Birthing people. That's right. This is a term that includes transgender and non-binary people who give birth. Let me be very clear about something, okay? Transgender and non-binary people, wait for the punchline here. Maybe it's not a punchline. Don't give birth. Here's why. Hold on. Let me think. Real quick, checking biology book for a moment. Give me a second. Anatomy. Yeah. They're women. Anyhow, liberals, uh, they're, they're, they're out of control with the, the birthing people language. This is what we're hearing now uh, all the time from liberals. Look at this. As we go into Mother's Day weekend, let us recommit our efforts and support to ensure that every birthing person across this nation is empowered and feels safe. We have not created an infrastructure to support birthing people. All pregnant and birthing people deserve to be treated with love. Birthing while black should not be a death sentence. Health equity for black birthing people is attainable. Mothers and babies and black birthing people are important. We desperately need long-term fixes to support the healthcare needs of black women and birthing people. The most marginalized, black and indigenous birthing people. To systemically shift the way we approach health care for birthing people of color. And respectful of black women and birthing people. The maternal mortality crisis among black birthing people in the United States. Black birthing people and birthing people. For birthing people. Black birthing people. And our black birthing persons. For all birthing persons in Louisiana. That birthing people want doulas and midwives. In support for birthing people during the postpartum period. There are not enough black workers of color leaving black birthing people with limited autonomy or opportunity to receive racially concordant care. Protect black birthing people and to save lives. Thank you and I yield back. Yeah, I yield back too. Women give birth, not birthing people. Hey honey, Come on, we need to go to the hospital. Thanks for being a birthing person today. Why am I, what, Madison, why, why are we doing this segment? I'm sorry, I, I know why we're doing this segment, but like, like this is America today, 2021. I, I've got to do three minutes on the term birthing people because people are crazy. They're crazy. Women give birth. I know that's in biology books. I know it. I know it. I got to see in biology. Who cares? I know. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. It's a Friday end of the show. Uh, Anna Perez here, Real America's Voice correspondent. Uh, great, great to see you. 
Great to see you. Yeah, as you, always. As always. Well, thank you. Um, so, what's what's happening? You always have a story. Is this an immigration story? It's an immigration story. Shocking. Just I kidding. Know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What do you got? Well, so there's a refugee camp at yeah. the U.S. border right now in mm -hmm. Tijuana, Mexico. Ah, uh, yes, I've been there. Um, you've been there. Have you really? Oh, yes, cool. very fr uh, a lot of cheap stuff there. But anyway, yeah, well, place. no surprise there. But anyways, yeah, it's been uh, springing up since uh, February, which mm -hmm. is right when the Biden administration started phasing out the migrant protection program that was started under Trump, mm. um, which, as the name applies, is there to protect migrants, not Americans, <laughs> migrants. So what's interesting there is that, you know, you have this re refugee camp that's springing up. Mm -hmm. um, there's horrible conditions there. There's mm -hmm. rape. There's, you know, uh, kidnapping. There's, you know, no at all, no care taken to the fact that there's COVID, you know, spreading around. Right. Forget about that. Um, yeah. So right now it's, it seems there's 2,000 migrants there. Mm -hmm. And basically, you know, people are saying that this is caused by confusion you know, regarding the Biden administration's approach to the border. Mm -hmm. um, Reuters went there and interviewed a bunch of migrants there, mm -hmm. and they were saying that they were scared to leave their tents at night. You know, they didn't know what was going to happen to their kids wow. while, you know, bringing them there. And, you know, I think what this this goes to show is I think a lot of liberals have a very ironic approach to this because while they say that they're, they want to be accepting to everyone, you know, no borders, no walls, no USA at all, and it's mm -hmm. like, Okay, well, you know, you have to understand who you're really hurting here are the children right. that are crossing the border. And th these people all believe that they're going to be granted asylum as mm -hmm. soon as they enter the U.S., mm -hmm. which is, you know, also going to be confusing for them when they find out that that's not the case and that the Biden administration is still not letting people in because of COVID. That's so true. And that's, and the, you know, we heard about the big lie that Trump is talking about election. Well, this is the big lie by the Biden administration. You know, don't come, oh, but kind of come. Right, you right. Know, it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this, this uh, th well, they have 2,000, so it's been swelling then. Yeah, it's 2,000 right now, so yeah. it's probably just going to get bigger until the Biden administration decides to do something, which may be never. Um, <laughs> Maybe never. Likely never. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anna, thanks. Uh, have a great weekend. You too. All right. I'll be doing, wait for it, nothing. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Eventful. <laughs> oh, really? It's on Eventbrite. I'm doing absolutely nothing. All right. Hey, a reminder, um, take a look at this uh, on RAV tonight, 7 o'clock, the America First Rally. Uh, starring, <laughs> not starring, just kidding, Congressman Matt Gates, Marjorie Taylor Greene. What is this, like a Broadway show? All right, don't miss uh, our special coverage of that rally, 7 o'clock Eastern. For those of you that live out in California, La La Land, 4 p.m. Pacific. Have a great weekend. I'll be doing nothing.